0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dark Dive with Jesse and Joe. This is a Helmet Hauler podcast. On this episode, we are going to go in deep on the land between the lakes. But first, I kind of want to tell you about what is Dark Dive and what are we doing with this podcast format. So we're going to have a couple of different ways that we're going to do this. We're going to have episodes where we discuss the videos that we put out and kind of go into a deeper discussion on what occurs while we're out in the field and answer a lot of the questions that you guys seem to have about our investigations. Um, In addition to that, we're also going to do episodes where we pick a subject in the high strangeness field, paranormal, cryptozoology, conspiracy, and we're going to discuss those in depth between Joe and I. And you get our honest opinions on all of these weird goings on. So, for this first episode, like I said, we're going to go into the land between the lakes. So, at this point, we've had two expeditions into the land between the lakes, and I feel like we have a sort of a sort of a foundation on what is going on at the land between the lakes. But we've only scratched the surface, and we want to kind of discuss with you guys what is going on there, what did we discover there, what kind of conclusions we're coming to, uh, some theories we're working on, and where is the expedition and investigation into the Land Between the Lakes, where is it going, where is all of this going, what's in the future for us, and um, what we think is going on. So, let's get into it. All right, let's get into it. So let's start from the beginning. Anytime you think about the dogman phenomenon or the land between the lakes, you can't help but thinking about one or the other. Um, anytime there is a dogman discussion, it always ends up going back to the land between the lakes. Because you have the history there and the lore and the stories about the massacre that occurred in the early 80s. In addition to all of these other stories that are coming out of the Land Between the Lakes from multiple witnesses, even up until this day. So you can't discuss one without discussing the other. But we're going to go back to the beginning of what led us into going into the Land Between the Lakes in the summer of 2021 and that was our first expedition there you can check out our videos on that Um, but that was just our initial foray into the land between the lakes and we kind of dipped our toes in on that first expedition but let's go back to what led us to going there Um, I think that I'll, when we would think about Dogman before, before all before us going to the Land Between the Lakes and really going into the subject and really getting boots on the ground, I think that we kind of thought that Dogman and the phenomenon and the whole thing with it was kind of like a creepypasta type thing, right? Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Um, sure. That it was just something that was um, kind of an urban legend. It, it seemed kind of far-fetched. Good Even, stories
1: on the internet. Yeah. I mean, really sensational podcasts yeah um
0: even though we do investigate Appalachian paranormal um you know hauntings uh, Bigfoot any other kind of like cryptid type things somehow the dogman phenomenon just struck me as something like there's no way that there's this upright canid running around and murdering people so I think that's the that's the point we started from And that quickly changed over the next year and a half of us going to the land between the lakes. But, um, so let's get into that first kind of.
1: Yeah, well, if you remember what happened is, is that we started getting, as our videos got more exposure, we started getting people contacting us on a fairly regular basis, mostly in our region, but pretty much across the country. But we started getting a lot of reports from just north of us. um, Just people reporting, hey, listen, you know, I've got this. Thing trying to get into my house at night. I've got this thing on my roof. I've got this thing killing my dogs. There was a lady that had her horses attacked. Remember? Yeah. Um, and the people that were seeing what was what was doing this. It, there's no way this was a mistaken Sasquatch encounter. There's no way that these people were misidentifying what they were seeing. All of them were reporting
0: large, um, upright, upright canids, long yeah. muzzles. Um, and when it started, ears. we
1: just kind of went, oh, this is pretty neat. We might have to go check out this area, you know, because it's within driving distance of us for that forest report. But we really didn't put a lot of credence behind it. And then we just kept getting them, kept getting them. And then we were looking at each other going, what is going on north of us? Um do you want to mention where it was? Or?
0: So, um, one account that we received, and we actually met a gentleman up there who has actually turned out to be a good friend of ours at this point. Yeah. Um, he gave us a really, really compelling report about a local woman experiencing a dogman-like creature in her field. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it was just terrifying her. So, we went up and met this gentleman, and he had actually had a dogman sighting himself. And he took us to where he had his sighting. And it was... This is when it started to become real for me mm-hmm. um, because these are very, very credible people. These are just normal people that are experiencing something absolutely paranormal. and they're totally sincere about it.
1: Yeah, but it was and then for me at least, there were people that I speak to online about the subject, cryptozoology forums, stuff like that, that I've corresponded with for years. And I had a, a couple of them just out of the blue go, for almost no reason at all, go, hey, I don't think I've ever told you this story that happened near you. Yeah. Um, one guy told me a story about something chasing his daughter when they were in a, a vacation cabin just north of us. It just It All of a sudden, all of these Dogman stories started to just come at us just one after the other after the other. But almost right
0: around one the one same one. time, it was like serendipitous how it all yeah. worked out because this was right about the time where um, – you know, you have the the alleged massacre witness coming forward and telling his story. Um, this is happening at the same time that we're getting these accounts. So it was very serendipitous, and it all kind of, like, lined up. So and, in our
1: own lives, we're getting a lot of stories. Yeah. And then online, you can't get online without... Running into this LBL survivor story. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So. so we took that as a sign. Um, the way we are, we we're very weird about timing. That everything lines up for us, and we just go with it. So um, we decided that we would uh, head on up to the LBL and check it out for ourselves. And uh, we came up with a concept called Dogman Summer, and uh, we were going to go investigate some Dogman locations. And the LBL was the main location for that. So that was our first trip to the LBL. We did a lot of research beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we headed on up. And uh, the rest is kind of history from there. That's a, That was a really, really strange expedition. But I felt like we barely scratched the surface with that one. Uh, we went in, and it was just so important that we got there on the ground and got to see what the layout of the terrain was, got to see the bunkers, which is such a big part of the story and the lore that surrounds the land between the lakes and the stories that surround that.
1: So yeah, and when we first went, we were pretty much laser focused just on that RV massacre story. Yeah. Um, We went, um, I spent weeks trying to research and and finally found the general area where they think that the massacre occurred um, we did a lot of research on that. I started going through and looking at a few other cases that that happened in the LBL, but we were mainly just focused on that that RV massacre and then that spot on the peninsula. That's yeah. where we really wanted to get in and look at. Um, And basically, the first trip was just basically a, a I don't want to say a sightseeing trip, but kind you know, of a
0: sightseeing, like a like a scouting trip. Yeah, in a way. yeah.
1: We didn't really expect much because even though we felt like the universe was kind of pushing us in this direction we were a little intrigued by the dog man thing but we still didn't really put a lot of uh, like didn't put a lot of credence behind the stories
0: there was definitely a healthy amount of skepticism Mm -hmm. when it came to the dog man subject still up until this point so um, we traveled to the lbl in the summer of 2021 and it was insanely hot (laughs) insanely Mm -hmm. infested with ticks and um So we hiked around. We did uh, daytime scouting. Normally when when we do our investigations, if you're familiar with our videos, you know that we scout around during the day, and then we come back to the location that we scouted out and do night investigations there. So we went to the RV site, the alleged massacre site, and we walked all around there. Uh, We checked that out, saw the bunkers. Um, We saw just the layout. We walked all around that area, went down to the lake. Um, And then the night investigation really took a turn. Um, We were hearing some strange things, but it really took a turn when we actually got a really crazy thermal image.
1: Yeah, we got that image of something with what looks like a muzzle or a snout, really large, oversized, pointy ears that we estimate was around my height, about Mm 6'2". And it was looking at us from a ditch. Um, We caught it, took a picture of it. It moved, we took another photo, and then while I was fumbling to get my flashlight up, it just disappeared. Yeah. And we didn't know where it went to at the time because it's dark, and even though we had scouted that area, uh, this was kind of in the tree line a little bit. We hadn't really walked through that area. Uh, when we came back the following day, we realized that there was a deep gully that ran through there, so whatever was there was kind of peeking up and over the gully at us. Yeah. And then I thought think that when it realized i could see it it dropped back down in the gully and then either just hunkered down there until we left or it moved off but up until that point it was just kind of kind of hey we're at the lbl this is pretty cool this is where all the stories are from and then when that happened it's all of a sudden like all right there's something here yeah something here
0: definitely a switch flipped with us on that one because we both were just so shocked to see that image it was like Okay, there's no other explanation for what this can be, because this is absolutely huge. It's got these giant ears. It's got a giant snout. It looks like the typical description of what a dog man would be.
1: It's what the people that have had encounters in the LBL have done witness sketches afterwards. And, and they it matches up, yeah. just, especially those ears. That, that's the really focal yeah. point of that thermal was just these oversized, almost like bat-like ears that we saw.
0: Um, and what's strange too is going on the next the next night investigation that we did, we got some paranormal instances occurring. Joe saw the apparition of a woman near a cemetery over near where we got the thermal image of the dogman. So with the dogman lore, um, and all these dogman sightings, a lot of times they occur near cemeteries or burial mounds. And there's a lot of there's a lot of lore and history of sightings around these areas. And we're not sure what the connection is, but there is just documented um, instances of this over and over and over and over again. And then there's paranormal instances going on around that as well. So what was really cool was that we experienced both the paranormal... And um, the physical. And the physical, you know, within the same area, within the same time frame. So... Um, and that, that was pretty much the main highlights of our first expedition up there, right?
1: Yeah, it was pretty brief. We stayed pretty contained within the, the northern area of the peninsula around where the massacre site is. Uh, we scouted out a little bit more, but after we got that thermal, that's where we focused most of our time on. Because yeah. we knew that there was something there.
0: Yes. Okay, something there. So we, uh, we were done with that. We, uh, we were like, okay, we definitely have to come back. So we ended up coming back home, um, produced the videos, put those out, you guys really enjoyed those videos. I am so happy you guys enjoyed those videos. Um, and then we continued on with our investigations in our local Southern Appalachian area. Well, it came down to, um, there was, a, there was a, like an itch that we had. We had so many questions still left about the LBL. We had to go back, we absolutely had to go back. And we came up with a few ideas through our research that we thought would be a really cool way to maybe draw out some more activity. And this is where the next three videos and the werewolf experiments come into play. So according to, the, according to the story of the family that came and were massacred in the early 1980s. They were wearing some sort of musky scent or cologne. And the scent actually drew in the dog man that caused the attack. So going from that point, kind of came up with a experiment, a scent experiment, where we would take and make three different scent stations in the area where the attack occurred in the immediate area. So we went there with the intention of doing this. We ordered uh, wolf lore that we had made by a family who has been trapping for generations, and mm-hmm. they make this homemade animal lore. So this is a wolf lore, and it came in like a in bottles that were. Taped up with electrical tape, hand
1: labeled, and just handwritten, hand and a great value the I got. Yeah.
0: Um, and then we ordered the uh, Sasquatch pheromone chips that um, a lot of people have used on Sasquatch expeditions. Now, the reason that we went with a canine wolf lore Sasquatch lore um, because when they did like a, a DNA study,
1: yeah, there was part of the, one of one of the original little bits of lore out of the, the massacre story was that they had found a DNA sample from whatever had killed the family. And that it came back as primate, human, and canine. So we decided to mix basically those three scents. Now, obviously there's a lot of debate on the cologne. Um, the survivor that came forward, we're not going to rehash his story here, it claims that there was no cologne. Um, there's... A really good chance that that cologne was kind of added in later. Yeah. And we were aware of that. But at the same token, though, we want to investigate it anyway. Yeah. And also, too, if you're dealing with something biological, again, what we saw that first trip gave off body heat. That's how we saw it. We picked it up on the thermal. If you're dealing with something biological um, and it's a canine, obviously scent is going to be a big factor in it. So we figured we're going to take three novel scents out there, uh, you know, the wolf lore, the Sasquatch pheromones, which is primate and human, and we can either make it curious, make it angry. Uh, Maybe it's going to kind of appeal to its desire to breed. Um, But appeal to one of these biological imperatives to try to draw it in. If nothing else, maybe it would just smell it and go. I've never smelled anything like that around here before. Is this a potential rival that's moved into my area? Yeah. I'm gonna go check it out. So
0: also there's there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of stories that there may be Sasquatch on the mm-hmm. land between the lakes peninsula as well. So we've got the Sasquatch pheromone. So obviously, if that's true, if that's yeah. something that's going on, that would definitely draw one in because a rival is in the area.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. So and again, at the end of the day, we've we've had some people give us some feedback that oh, that's just not going to work. Well, you know. Well, a lot of the stuff you're not going to know until you try. Um, Doing the same old thing over and over and over again. Uh, Obviously, it hasn't gotten anybody definitive proof yet.
0: Yeah. So
1: we figured we tried. We wanted to try some scent experiments to try to bring whatever we saw that first trip, try to see if we could entice it to
0: come in. So armed with this, we traveled back to the LBL. And we did it at a time of year that was closer to... Um, the time in which the massacre occurred in the 1980s, it was late, late winter, early spring when we went. And it also helped that there was literally nobody on Mm -hmm. the peninsula, uh, while we were there and the leaves were still off the trees. So we could see a lot further into the woods at that time of year too.
1: And part of the original massacre story, people really hammered home the fact that there was nobody else around when this happened. So we wanted to go when there was no one else around. Yep. So, that again, if you've got a a bustling, busy area, whatever is there and if it's predating upon people may not come out because it wants to maintain secrecy. Yes. But if it's just a couple of jackballs running around with flashlights (laughs) at night and there's nobody else for miles, well, maybe that'll bring it in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we headed on up and we had this, we were armed with this experiment and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And um, from day one, we started having really, really crazy, like really, really crazy discoveries. Um, So we, we decided to check out areas other than the alleged massacre site because that's where we focused on our first expedition. So we really wanted to branch out for our second expedition. And so when you're really really investigating an area and checking it out you want to start with one location and kind of spiral out and kind of go in the immediate area around and really just go through the woods and that's what we do that's part of our mo is we go into the woods we get off trail we go into the woods and we just wander out into the woods and check out everything around in the immediate area and beyond um and doing that we found ruins to houses um on the outskirts of the massacre site mm-hmm. um, we found those pants and that boot and that really applies to other dogman stories too finding the clothing mm-hmm. that was ripped that looked like it was like ripped off of somebody that that pertains and that like goes right in line with other dogman stories that you've heard and we've heard before
1: and it seems like that started to jump out at us after we came back from that trip um, we heard what two accounts last week that both mentioned clothes being found. Finding
0: after, clothes, After yeah. dog
1: man, possible dog man attacks, and then finding the clothes afterwards. is almost as if something had just peeled this person out of their clothing and then taken them yeah and each time we heard that we're like oh, that matched up exactly with what we oh yeah with what we experienced. Uh, we found the tent we found that abandoned tent.
0: yeah that was, yeah that, that tent somewhere. was that tent was probably one of the most shocking things we have ever found in the woods and we found some really weird stuff in the woods in our adventures and we um, found
1: other abandoned tents before too. yeah yeah obviously. but
0: they were collapsed they looked like maybe somebody kind of left them there because they were too lazy to pack it out or something like that this was this was something entirely different this was a tent that it looked like and upon closer inspection it appeared that the door was actually ripped open on that tent right
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and somebody had said that ah uh, that it, it wouldn't have gotten ripped with a claw we don't think that something stood there with a claw and just cut around it. It looked as if something grabbed it
0: and just tore it completely open. Tore it, and the,
1: the stitching gave free before the actual zipper did, yeah. and that's what they tore in. Then,
0: yeah. but it did
1: look as if it was cut at the bottom, as in if the back. somebody had yeah. cut and kind of rolled their way out while something was coming in the front. And so. that's
0: something that one of our viewers suggested that 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 back cut on the back of the tent looked like somebody was in the tent and they cut them cut their way out to escape whatever was coming through the front end of the tent. Which I thought was a pretty a pretty good observation. Yeah,
1: ties into yeah. in that past. Absolutely. they talked about, that they cut their way out of the tent. Uh, that and the marks on the tree that are just right oh, yeah. in front of it, that um, there's just these gouges in groups of like four down, you know, going up and down, sideways, yeah. parallel. I mean, always in groups of four. And they were deep. I mean, they weren't cuts. They weren't a hit with an axe. Yeah. You could see where something stuck in and then just just that wooden fiber
0: and so. it, you can tell that there was like a curvature to whatever grabbed into the tree based on how the marks were in the tree when the not the ones that were dragged but the ones that were just on the tree there was a curvature to the puncture in the tree um that i mean and it's right there by that tent i mean and, and so when you look at all this evidence just stacking mm-hmm. up and stacking up and stacking up You can see how you can read too much into an innocent situation, but this is getting closer and closer and closer to being absolutely not an innocent situation. You're starting to see real evidence of some real crazy paranormal or corrupted activity going on in this area. Well, I
1: mean, again, like I said, we heard several accounts of, of alleged dogman attacks where clothing was found afterwards. Absolutely. There are stories from the LBL itself of hunters going missing yes uh, being taken out of tents yes and all of that. So I mean again this lined up and and that was one of the things I was aware of but didn't know a lot about was the actual supposed bow hunter that went missing. Yeah um, We've learned a lot more about that since then um, But again, finding this tent matches up with what people have previously reported there. And said that Dogman was involved. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Um,
0: so shortly after we find the tent, we're exploring around the area, and I have an encounter that threw another kind of wrench into the into the whole thing. It was a whole other layer. Um, I see just I see with my own eyes a large, long-armed Just a solid black figure. And it wasn't like a shadow figure. It wasn't transparent in any way. This was a solid, solid black figure. And it was there, and then it wasn't. It didn't fade away. It didn't run away. It was just there, and then it wasn't. Um, And
1: it was moving when you saw it, It was moving.
0: Like, it was moving. Its whole body just had these long, skinny arms that just hung below its waist. And it was just... It was just walking and it was there and then it was gone. And I could just feel, I could just feel my heart. Like my heart just fell just into my stomach. It was one of the most terrifying things I've experienced ever in my life. And like I'm in these woods all the time. I'm out, we're, we're out in the woods in the middle of the night. This is happening in the middle of the day. And it absolutely just terrified me. Yeah. Um, but that wouldn't be the last time that we would have an encounter with whatever this dark, long figure was this long-armed just creature
1: and now you said when you saw that that because my first question was what did its ears look like because that's what stood out to me from the thermal image that we had yeah there. yeah and you didn't really get a good impression of its head though did you no i didn't All just, i re-
0: i remember the yeah. most distinct things i remember from what i saw were these just long the arms were just so unnaturally long and skinny and they hung below. It's just hung so low and they swung just back and forth when it walked. Um, That's what really stood out to me. I didn't really get an impression about the shape of the head or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, But that I'm I'm not kidding. Like that was, it it felt like pure evil.
1: Well, you were finding the, the abandoned clothes, the abandoned tent. We started finding bone piles everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Not everywhere, but in a few spots. And what was weird about these bone piles is it seemed that these piles of bones contained deer bones, hog bones. Feral hogs are in the LBL.
0: yeah,
1: A lot of, like, various little, like, small, you know, animals. There were fish. But there were coyote bones in there, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now
1: there are instances of coyotes, like, eating coyote carcasses that, you know, coyote hunters have left and everything like that. And I've even heard stories about them predating on other coyotes when they're starving. But there's obviously tons of game.
0: Oh, in the yeah, LBL, yeah. for
1: them to get to that point.
0: And while we were there, we saw because mm. uh, part of the fun of the LBL is also seeing how much wildlife you get to see. Um, we saw turkeys. We saw in some areas, deer. other
1: areas we didn't see anything at all. I mean, yeah, like nothing, that,
0: that's what's weird. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. these
1: bone piles—something was predating upon. Something was killing literally everything. I mean, like everything. Yeah. And we were thinking, well, you know, there's coyotes here; they're predators. Well, something's killing the coyotes there too. So we decided to put these scent stations up. Um, around the abandoned tent, Yeah. Um, around one of the piles of bones, and then we've got a third location that we're really not talking about right now. Yeah, we didn't yeah. include in the video that we put a third scent station up at. Um, and
0: keep in mind, uh, we set these stations up where we found the tent, where we found these bone piles. This is just a stone's throw away that, yeah. from the alleged massacre site. Yeah, but it not is that far at all. So close to that site. That we were shocked we found something that close to the ma- the alleged massacre site like that quickly. Well,
1: when we first went there, one of the things that we th- just looking at maps of the LBL, listening to the stories, the massacre site happens on the north end,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which um, you get right across that water, and there's not a lot of stuff, but there's stuff. Yeah. We figured that if there was actual like dogman activity going on, that it would be deeper into the peninsula, further away from everybody um we basically went to that massacre site just as kind of like a sightseeing yeah trip just to kind of see the spot that's so identified with it but we figured we'd spend the majority of our time deeper in kind of to the peninsula that was not the case there's a ton of stuff going on around yeah. up there around the massacre site oh for sure around those bunkers and all that um and yeah there's some debate about the story itself and some of the particulars and specifics of the story regardless of the story's all true, partially true, not true at all. There's stuff going on up there. Oh, for
0: sure, for around sure, around that area. So. Um, and you know, there's a lot of debate about the validity of the story because of like were these bunkers. What was the site actually an RV site? We've actually gone back and forth on that several times. Um, uh, it's we don't know right now. I'm, we're not going to definitively say anything mm-hmm. because we are, like I said, we we have just scratched the surface of all of this. And we've gone back and forth and back and forth about the validity of the story. Um, we've gone back and forth on what are these structures? Mm-hmm. Were they used for? Were they? What were they originally? So, I again, we're not going to say definitively what any of this is because we've personally experienced activity in the north end around mm-hmm. that area. So, whether anything's you know historically accurate or not, it doesn't matter because in the present day, we are experiencing. Terrifying activity on that north end, right around that area, and
1: it looks as if there's a good chance that people are still, yeah, being taken going yeah. missing up there on that same area. Um, as the crow flies, I mean, the spot of that tent two, two mi- less than two miles, less than two, what miles. little less than two miles from the actual yeah. spot that everybody associates with the RV massacre, yeah, spot for sure. Um, not that far at all from it, not that far. Um, the clothing that we found. Opposite direction, but less than two miles. Oh, actually, that's even closer, isn't it?
0: No, so, no, no. It's a little further away. A little further away. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah.
1: But um, all of this is, if you look at the the map of the LBL, within a really confined yeah little area. Yeah. On the LBL, because the LBL is big. I mean, the yeah. The LBL is really big. So. Um, I
0: think the trace itself is, I think, from uh, the north end to the south end, I think the trace itself that goes down the center of the peninsula is, I think it's 42 miles. So, um, yeah, the peninsula is huge. And you've just got swaths of forest on either side of the um, trace for miles and miles and miles. And you've
1: got some visitor centers and stuff like that on the trace, which is that main road that goes to the center. Um, You've got a couple of camping areas that are, when we went the first time in the summertime, those camping areas were packed. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a four-wheeling, like, off-road place. What is that, Turkey? Yes, Bay? Turkey Bay. Turkey Bay. That's swamped. That's that's filled with people. Um, and then there's a few other little areas where you would see, like, during the daytime, like, maybe some families out picnicking and everything. Yeah. At nighttime, it's done. I mean, it's you'll see cars going through the trace, but... Um,
0: and we're talking about in the summer, during the height the of season. Season,
1: there's nobody there outside yeah. of that. I mean... Yeah. You'll see because it's again it's a it's a big peninsula with water. If you're going from up here to down here, sometimes it's quicker just to drive through it. Yeah. Than to just drive all the way around. So there's through traffic. Yeah. People just driving through yeah. but you just don't see a lot of people out really doing anything in the summertime.
0: And the and winter you don't see anybody. <laughs> there's nobody there. There's
1: nobody there. Yeah. So like
0: nobody. Um and it just it was it was just completely deserted in the winter. Just completely deserted. And I think that's more scary. That's, I mean, it's scary to be there because your cell phone doesn't work. Uh, there's nobody really patrolling. There's not a lot of people there. If you really need help, you really have no one to go to. And that's in the summer. It's mm-hmm. the same sort of situation, but even more desolate in the winter. Well,
1: yeah. There's next to zero law enforcement coverage yeah. through that area at all. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of research before the second Talked to a lot of people who had lived in that area their entire lives. They had families on the land between the rivers that were kicked off, and mm-hmm. they went to the other side of the water to live and to settle. Talked to a lot of people. They did a lot of research, and in the course of doing research, we really found out that there's no cops down there, man. There's yeah. no there's there's very few um, law enforcement officers with the forestry service down
0: there. Yeah, um, yeah. You're kind of on your own. You're out really there. on
1: your own out there, and You don't have cell signal in the majority of the place. Um, One of the things that I saw uh, doing research, I came across, and we're not going to get real deeply into this, but some of the surrounding counties were talking about how they were hesitant to send in their own officers to provide any sort of law enforcement services, and it was a safety issue because they didn't have radio communications through there. Um, There's no repeater towers or anything. So that they're basically, they're... Officers went in; they would just be cut off. They couldn't call for help themselves or anything like that. So, um, so
0: if you do plan on going to the LBL, please have just please take your safety as number one. Uh, Joe and I are very experienced in the woods. We're very experienced in dangerous situations like this. Uh, we pr- we prepare and then overly prepare, over-preparing. So yeah. um, if you do plan on doing your own expedition in the LBL, please prepare for these conditions and these situations because you are your only first responder in mm-hmm. that area. Yeah, um, There is nobody who is going to come and help you. That's, uh, I mean, and that's not a joke at all, at all. So... Um, yeah, it's a pretty scary place. Um, so let's go into, in addition to uh, the the weird findings of the tent, the claw mm. marks, the clothes, all of that. Um, let's talk about how the weather started going. Cr- I mean, like if you guys you guys have watched uh, part one, two, and three of the werewolf experiments. You saw that the weather just went nuts on us. It was yeah, the craziest thing I've And ever we're from
1: the South. We're used to weather, especially in the wintertime, just changing. You're in short sleeves one day, and yeah. then you've got like a big ice storm two days within 48 hours. We Because we were going down there this time of the year, we religiously checked the weather. Yeah. I mean, we checked the weather nonstop. Because, again, we're mostly on foot. Uh, we're going to be out there pretty much nonstop. Um, if it's raining, that's going to impede our ability to like stay warm at night to cook our food, everything like that. So, um, we watched it and we were aware of the fact that there was going to be a little bit of rain, Mm -hmm. some storms and stuff like that. Um, and then as the storm system got closer, we were aware that there was a storm system in the region, but that it wasn't going to be anywhere near us. Right. And then... We talked about how there's no real cell reception out in that area or anything. We carry a Garmin inReach Mini Mm -hmm. with us um, that we can send messages to people to let them know where we're safe. You see it in like a lot of our videos. Uh, We started getting messages from our contact that, hey, there's a giant weather system moving in. You've got tornadoes coming into the area.
0: Like straight for you. Yeah.
1: So um, we're getting these messages. We're trying to figure out what it is. It's... Night's falling. Yeah. And we're out because we are going to spend the night around these bait stations that we placed to see if anything got drawn in. Yeah. And if you watch the video, there's a lot of me going, they said tornadoes. And that's all I know. They're saying tornadoes are coming in. Uh, We're on foot, we're hearing the wind blow in the distance. we're hearing like the wind get louder and louder and louder. Um, you can just hear the storm. You don't hear the tornado. Of course, he's you,
0: he's trying to like yeah. talk talk me into we gotta go, we gotta go. But I, that's the thing is like we we're I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave without getting that that night investigation in. Um, I was not leaving without doing that night investigation. So if you watch that first one for our night investigation, there's a, a good bit of Jessica. Come on, right now. So.
1: Yeah, like I guess we stayed too long that first night. We, yeah, were, we were lucky sure. to get back across the bridge. Um but uh, that's something that you can't really do anything to to combat or to minimize. I mean or the weather is the, the weather. Um but anyway, This the, also
0: but, I'm sorry, to interrupt you it's but fine. um this also kind of like relates to the David Politi's missing 411 mm-hmm. that this sudden change of weather finding these clothes like this, there's a lot of parallels to what we experienced and what we found and what, what's going on in the LBL to a lot of the David Polite's missing four one 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 A
1: possible camper or hunter going missing yeah. with a tent. Yeah. The yeah. clothing just there, you know. Um, the boots, the fact that it's... You don't just leave your boots. You might leave a jacket. You yeah. might leave a hat. You might lose a glove. But, but your
0: but pants and your boots... Boots,
1: you just don't take the off. The last things, just, you know. And those weren't hiking boots either those were pull-on yeah boots that was somebody who was in a vehicle possibly one yeah. time or another mm-hmm. so anyway but yeah the weather just took such a crazy turn for us and what's insane is is the the woods were just a lot we're hearing stuff scream and i mean we hear like foxes scream we're, we're familiar with a lot of the wildlife in this part of the country um we've heard mountain lions scream we've heard all sorts of stuff this this didn't sound anything like what we've heard no the, we're hearing screams we're hearing strange howls um some of it's like a little bit in the distance and kind of almost gets covered up with the sound of the storm some of it seemed like it was 50 feet away from. it was so, so close
0: yeah, yeah it was so close um yeah and it was just it was a it, that whole that whole night investigation was such and i don't mean the pardon the pardon the or whatever, it was such a whirlwind of an investigation. We had that tornado coming in. Uh, we just have screams all around us, and then we find that f- that freaking footprint. In yeah, the mud.
1: yeah. We've gone down to the bunkers, of, and again, the bunkers of all places, because I, my initial, and I still have this thought to a certain degree, is that everybody is so fixated upon that. 1980s RV massacre, that the rest of the LBL just kind of gets lost in the watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And as we find out later on, there's a lot of stuff going on.
0: It's a lot bigger than you think it than is. Than you
1: think it is. Um, But you keep finding stuff around those areas, do you know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, you keep finding stuff around those areas. We're going down past the bunkers. We're going to go and proceed on foot to one of the areas of the scent traps. And we find in the mud this print that it's not like a regular... Canine print, like a regular canine shaped print. It looks like just a big footprint, but claws. Claws at the end of it. Um huge, huge I still claws. can't. I keep looking at that photo. I can't tell if I'm looking at five or six claw marks from the end of
0: that. Yeah.
1: Um, but claws at the end of end of where the toes are at. And it's in the mud. It's bigger than my size 12. Um, and it's pointed in the direction that we were traveling yeah. to where those scent stations were. Um, or one of the scent stations were. And it's just so weird, because I'm looking at it going, why do we... I mean, just right around these bunkers, we keep finding stuff around the bunkers. The thermal we found...
0: Yeah, the yeah. The first
1: trip was not that far from the bunkers at all. Yeah. So, um, but that print, I mean, we got photos of it, we got it on camera, um, but it's just... it's It didn't look human, but it was human-shaped.
0: Yeah. It but didn't
1: it, look like what we think it of it.
0: It was very... It was almost narrow and long and then had a claw
1: yeah and then just claws at the end it didn't look anything like the the sasquatch prints we found right that what we think are sasquatch prints didn't look anything like those um it didn't look like anything that we've seen
0: no no so far
1: um and again if i had seen it before i would go what is that that's weird it's not a barefoot print it's not a boot print but then when you saw the claw claw marks at the end of it.
0: Yeah, that just completely that's it's yeah. completely out of the realm of anything we've ever seen or dealt with before. And it's
1: not just claw points like you would see with a bear track.
0: Yeah, it was These the actual imprintation of, of long, the length of the claws. Like
1: talent, like claws yeah. coming out. So yeah. Yeah. Um, three four-inch
0: claws? Yeah. So well, I mean, right. so, yeah. They were it, it was insane. It was yeah. insane. But the length of the claws are very similar to the markings we found. Two miles away, in the tree next to the abandoned tent that was ripped open, um, that it looks like the, almost the same kind of size, same width, and pattern and Sorry. width. Yeah, they were very very similar. So I, it's so weird to connect those two, but yeah. it just again, you've got all these little puzzle pieces that are coming together to start to form some kind of picture of what, what this thing is or what's going on in the land between the lakes.
1: But, I mean, that's pretty much once we got that, that night was done. We had to get yeah, out. The storm yeah. was coming in, and we...
0: It sounded like a freight train coming through the woods at us, so...
1: We got across the... We got back in the vehicle, uh, got across the bridge, found a little town, found a little hotel, yeah. and then just set up all night long trying to decide if we were going to have to evacuate the hotel or not, if yeah. the tornado was going to come that way or not, so... Yeah. But um, we had that, and then we went into just ice storms. After yeah, that, so right I after know.
0: that, yeah. So we went from tornadoes to ice storms. Um, and in our uh, werewolf experiments part two, you get into kind of the beginning of the ice storm and us before and after an ice storm. So it's it's just, it was crazy how the weather just kept shifting. And again, we always go back to, we're big fans of David Polite's and his work. And we always say to each other, hey, do not get missing 411. Do not <laughs> get missing
1: well what's weird is is that the 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 thunderstorms and then now these ice storms have driven what very, very few people were there before out.
0: Yeah. I mean now, we saw yeah.
1: no but we didn't see anybody driving through the trace. Nope. We didn't see anything. We're we we do not see or hear anything. We don't hear vehicles, nothing like
0: that. No. No. But
1: we're hearing this constant rumbling noise that yes. you could almost feel
0: you, I could feel it. Feel I it. Feel it. Yeah, you
1: could almost feel it, like in the ground, and then in the pit of your stomach. But it's just a constant rumble, and it's it. We could never find the source of it. No, no. no. We thought it was maybe something down near the water line. We went down there and checked. Uh, we we spent. A, we don't really include it in the video because it's just us walking around finding nothing. But yeah. we could never find anything. That would cause it, and it was close enough again that you could feel it. And there's
0: no, there's no large machinery in that area or anything like that. It's just, it was just a low ooh, rumble, and you can hear it in the video. Um, you can kind of hear it in the video. This just this low constant rumble. Um, it never, it never raised, it never mm-hmm. lowered. It was just a low constant rumble, and you could just feel it kind of in the pit of your stomach. It was very weird because prior. You know, we had been there a couple of days before, and it didn't wasn't occurring at all.
1: No, nothing. I mean, and so, we didn't hear it after that either.
0: No, so, it was I just mean, like that, basically, like that. That day. one
1: day, right after the ice storm, yeah, when it was just completely abandoned, you're just hearing this rumble. It's not a plane. I mean, there can be a plane going overhead, you don't feel it. Like you don't feel that constant
0: rumble,
1: rumble, low key rumble, just in like the the pit of your stomach
0: almost. Yeah. So um that was also the day that you actually got to see. Yeah, that's... The we, dark, shadow, dark, black figure that I saw previous to that.
1: The area where we eventually pick up those, like, screams and what sounds like somebody laughing and singing. Yeah. During the daytime, we're there, and it's just, it's a bunch of concrete pads, and then it's a large, looks like an, uh, an old metal building that we think used to be, like, a, a old retail location. Something, something. Yeah doesn't look like it was an old house. No, it
0: looks like it was either an industrial-type building, a workshop, or it could have been some sort of...
1: fabricated or something like that. But we're walking, and I'm on the right-hand side. Jesse's to the left. We're walking this direction, and I look over to my right, and I just see this black, tall, hunched shadow. Now, the arms of mine, the thing that I saw, were long, but they were moving, so it was kind of hard to get. I didn't really see them dangle. It moved the branches, so whatever it was was physical. It's
0: physical. Yeah. I mean, it
1: moved the branches that it ran through, and we're walking this direction. It, I catch it, I look at it, and it goes. And as I'm turning, my I, I can't keep up with it, um, because again, I'm having to turn like this, and it's just gone.
0: He takes off. I mean, you see, I, him I just he jet takes off, off towards it, yeah,
1: and nothing. I mean, yeah. there's no footprints. Um, I I have no. wig. I go and look where in the direction it was going to. Um, it seems like I still should have been able to see it when I had gotten completely turned around, but it was just looked at it, watched it. And then it just kind of like went past my field of vision and it was just gone. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. But it's like,
0: it's so dark. It's like blacker than black. Yeah.
1: It's just black. And it, it seems like it's joints are in the wrong spot. And it seems like that it's just. Gangly, and Yeah, that's just, a good description. Yeah, but it just didn't seem like it's, it's, its joints were in the spots you would expect them to be at for the proportions of the body.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was just, and it didn't seem like it would be able to move that fast or that fluidly because it seemed like it would be very, very awkward. Yeah. But again, it was just, and I, I mean, I watched it. I mean, I, the branches, as it went through it, the low-lying branches behind that building, and then it was just gone. Just yeah gone. Yeah, um, but very weird, very very weird. Like, did it said, make
0: you feel like? Uh, did you have any sort of like feeling? Like, did you have any kind of fear? Did, you, did it? Did no, it? No,
1: we didn't. And that's what's weird is that you constantly hear about how when you see these things, you get this all-encompassing terror and everything like that. I had that. <laughs> well, yeah, but what I'm going back for too is is that I didn't see ears on this thing. I didn't have a. Yeah. It seems like if it was the same thing that I saw on the thermal. Even for a split second, and even moving through the branches, I would have seen those
0: ears. So this is so, this is something else. That's what
1: I'm thinking. I don't know that but, we're
0: not just dealing with a possible dog man on the land between the lakes, but we're dealing with some yeah I mean, something I, else. I don't I, I, I don't have a name for I it. I couldn't
1: sketch the head for you right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because it was so fast. And again, it's weird because you kind of focus on the arms when you like look at it yeah. because the arms don't seem. Natural. The yeah. arms don't seem like they're they they seem unlike anything else you've ever seen. Like yeah. the proportions of like the fingers are so long. Yeah, the long and the, fingers. Yeah, yeah. and the, it just seems like there's like an ex, almost like an extra elbow in it, like an extra joint. It just doesn't seem natural. Yeah, and that's what you kind of focus on. And then, like I said, its head was there were low lying branches through there because it's hitting them as it goes through it. But it seems like I should have been able to see those. Those ears are so pronounced on the thing that we caught on
0: thermal. Well, I don't think yes. it's the same thing. So, I think we're dealing with, I think we're dealing with multiple entities in the LBL. I think we're dealing with, that that land is so charged that there's no telling how many things are out there. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're just dealing with a dog man situation. I don't think we're just dealing with dog man at all. I think that there is potential for, God knows how many things are out there. Well,
1: I mean, we saw that thing on the thermal the first trip. Yeah. That that matched the witness sketches of what people claimed to have seen in the OBL. Yeah. Dogman.
0: And then we're having classic then, ghost activity.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what's weird is, is that we didn't even put it two and two together at the time, but we get back. We're big fans of Strange Familiar podcast. Yeah. And he did a thing on the woman in white. These ghostly apparitions of women wearing white. Now, what I saw was wearing like a real dingy gray. It yeah. It wasn't like a pure pale r- white. Um, and what I saw was like, just for a split second, I remember like her eyes... I thought it was somebody ticked off that we had been walking around the cemetery. Yeah. Because she just looked like she hated and then she was just gone. Yeah. But we saw also we saw the thing with the thermal. We saw her. We saw these black figures with the long dangling arms. Yeah. Um, later on we hear those. Laughs and the singing, and, and then we
0: see the lights in the woods.
1: We see tons of lights in There's the woods. There's
0: so many lights in the woods. Well, then There's... I get
1: that figure on thermal again, where we find the.
0: Oh yeah! Man. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the night. Yeah, that was the night that we heard the singing and the cries in the woods. And you got that ball of heat.
1: Yeah, you got but... that
0: ball of heat, and then you got that cold figure.
1: But it looks like a cone-shaped head. Yeah. Which, I I mean, so many people keep contacting us, going. That's like a Sasquatch that you saw. And I'm going, I I can see where you would think that because of that outline, but that figure was cold. Yeah, because it's
0: black. Like that we had it on. I had it on like
1: red hot, where heat will give off varying shades of like red and orange. The colder something is, the darker something will be. So I catch a an extremely dark figure in It's cold. Dark, cold woods, and it's just, it's like it's peaked out, because everybody keeps talking, it's peaking out from behind a tree. It's a yeah. Sasquatch. Yeah. It's not giving off any body heat. No. It's, it's it's so much colder than even the concrete base of the ground, because mm-hmm. it was the base of that building there. Yeah. Um, it was just just a like an a absence of any heat whatsoever that yeah. was in the shape of some sort of figure. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, no explanation for any of this. We just kept getting just, and it seems like the more we get into this, the weirder and weirder it gets. And I think that's, with anybody that does any kind of uh, paranormal investigation, that the more you look for these things, the more they look for you. Um, I I don't know if it's because you're more open to them, and they Mm -hmm. know that, and they come after you, or they show themselves to you. Or if now that you're aware of their existence, it's just drawing them right in. Um, but yeah, it seems like the more we do this, especially at the LBL, that everything gets weirder and weirder and weirder yeah. and just um keeps stacking on that. So um we uh <laughs> we'll move on to part three. And that was a whole other weird thing. Here's what's yeah. so strange about it, is this entire expedition is it's it's it was perfectly broken up into these sections. Um, in terms of our experiences, because everything was so different through every Damn. phase of our expedition, that we just had so much different phenomena in each location yeah. and each each you know time we were filming at these locations. And I think
1: that's the that's the LBL. I think that's the land between the lakes. Is everybody so fixated upon the dogman stories in that area? And I think that those things are there. I mean, I'm pretty convinced, but right they're now, not alone. Short of having like a body. <laughs> I'm as convinced as I can be sort of having a body that they're there, but there's other stuff going on. There's a lot
0: of other stuff. There's other
1: stuff going on there too. I mean that when we moved to back up a bit, we have gotten several people around that area who have contacted us on the regular, Mm -hmm. sharing just experiences and things that they've heard their family members or friends say. One person had told us about some sightings that had taken place deeper into the interior. Yeah. So we finally pull ourselves out away from that massacre site and we go deeper into the interior of the LBL. Once we get down in there, we're seeing lights constantly. I mean, like to the point of, in the one video people are going, I can't even keep track of them. Like yeah. what all is, is there? Yeah. I mean, just these constant balls of light. Um, we're seeing those like everywhere. I mean, like everywhere. Um. The one area that a, a witness had told us that they had seen some dark figures, we went to and checked out, and we didn't really find anything, and we didn't really get any weird feelings there, and we spent some t- spent a day checking it out and never really saw or heard anything.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Um. And it just didn't ha- And Honestly, that was like one of the uh, more normal-feeling places in the entire LBL that we had gone to, <laughs> right. so we decided just to kind of keep going. Yeah. So we keep going, and we stumble across a place that we're referring to is Station 16. Right. And it looks as if part of this complex was originally used for some sort of pumping station. Um, Possibly for, I don't know, like, you know, flood management. It looks like it was post-TVA takeover. It doesn't look like this is something that was there before the TVA took it over in the 60s. -hmm. But... We find these buildings, and they look creepy, but we don't really find anything at first until we start moving out and around. We find this mobile home, basically. Yo, yeah, the Environmental
0: monitoring, monitoring Station. station. Yeah, <laughs> that
1: has a barbed wire fence around it. And people have gone, well, if it's an environmental monitoring station, um, there'd be valuable stuff in there. They're going to put a fence around it to protect it. Uh-huh. We, you go into places where there's just tractors there, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. you know, you find old equipment in the LBL all the time. We never saw a
0: fencing, fencing or anything
1: outside like of the that animal um, center, you know, the wildlife center yeah, in yeah, the yeah. middle of it. But
0: but the Environmental monitoring, monitoring Station, it looks like it's from probably the, what, 70s, early 80s? Yeah. it's probably when it operated through. Um which ties in, again, if it was like late 70s, early 80s, that this environmental monitoring station was there. And if it has a connection to the dogman mm-hmm. phenomenon, that is the perfect time right there it lines up with that massacre story.
1: Well, yeah. And then we we looked at that, but as we went out, we find buried like in this, these trees, if you look at what are called the bunkers around the massacre site, some of them look like cisterns Cisterns to us. Yeah. Um, And we're still looking into some some background on that particular area of the massacre site, but they look like rainwater cisterns. The thing we found in the trees there. Oh, the
0: concrete structure. looked
1: like a bunker. It's reinforced concrete. Um, It's got shelves inside of it.
0: Yeah. It
1: it looks like it's not a real stretch of the imagination to say that this looks like a place that somebody would go to lock themselves into it. So we're walking around this thing going, this looks like a bunker. Yeah. This is a bunker. Yeah. You know, This is a bunker. Um, you can go and look at uh, what the TVA used to use for dynamite storage. doesn't mm-hmm. look anything like this. It yeah. you know yeah. doesn't look anything like this at all. This looks like a bunker that three or four people could get into and then lock themselves into it if they had to.
0: Because we did find the door we find that the door, goes yeah. onto it in a... TVA service shed not far from there. We find like 100
1: yards away from it. We find
0: the actual door that goes on that bunker and it is reinforced steel. It's super thick. It's got four locks on the inside of the door bolts
1: that you could bolt yourself in. Bolts and locks.
0: And so you can go in there and then lock yourself inside of this thing.
1: And there's a little pane of glass in it that the glass was shattered when we saw it. Yeah. But there's a pane of glass about that thick. And then there's another pane behind it that's reinforced with wire. Yeah, yeah. And so that I guess you could look out and I guess maybe see if the coast
0: was clear. I don't don't know. know. I don't know. But this
1: looked like a bunker.
0: Yeah. And you
1: see this and all the stories that you've heard in the past about, oh, that's where they trapped the beast. That's where they hid out from the beast. That's where they did anything. The ones around the, the massacre site don't really... Ring that way. yeah. This does. This
0: absolutely does.
1: Now, given the shelves are inside, I doubt they were sealing anything in it. It looks like that's where you could kind of get in and
0: wait it out. Wait it
1: out, maybe. I, don't know. I mean, it's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. And yeah. it just caught us off guard. Yeah. So we're moving around, moving around, moving around. We're finding these um, openings in the ground that have been sealed uh, with cement. Yeah. And they have like little wire fences around the tops of them. So we keep going, and we see this little building on a hill. And our first word was, this is some evil dead stuff. Yeah, it's
0: evil dead stuff. (laughs) Because it it looks like a tiny cabin up on the hill. Um, But, yeah, so we see that. We hike up to it. We are finding bones. Bones everywhere. Everywhere.
1: Broken in half, like femurs that are snapped.
0: We found a bone that was so thick and inside this little uh, cabin shack.
1: You walk up to the shack, and you follow just these line of bones up to the top. And there's, like, literally ribs outside of the door that's shut yeah on this little cabin. So I push my way in and there's bones all in the floor inside this thing. Not a coyote, because a coyote doesn't go in, you know, take his meal in there. Close
0: the door. And then close
1: the door when he pull the door shut when he's leaving. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Um it's so a very
0: polite coyote. We're looking
1: at all these bones all through there and then in the corner. Yeah. There's a
0: There is an opening. An opening
1: that goes goes down into these tunnels. And there's bones at the bottom of this opening where the tunnels are.
0: Yeah. So obviously something is going down into these tunnels and taking...
1: But it's something that can get in and out of these tunnels. Because, again, a coyote is not going to be able to get in this tunnel and then get out the six or seven feet. I mean, that takes something with hands to...
0: Cause it goes down and then yeah. drops down again. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't. But know. there's
1: bones all through those tunnels. And now there's...
0: the the tunnels and everything it looks like it was that that shack up there. It, it does have pump station equipment in it. Um, so it looks like that was the original purpose of mm-hmm. that shack, because it was possibly a pump station at one time. But maybe that after the TVA, uh, you know, abandoned the whole thing and the pump stations and everything were defunct. That now something else is using that infrastructure to move about or live
1: and maybe they, undetected and in maybe the area. they brought a prefabricated building in and put up a bunker to try to look into these creatures. I don't yeah. know. But I mean it's 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 weird because the tunnel went down. Now this is on a hill, so it probably just goes this tunnel probably doesn't go that far, but one of the witnesses we talked to that had been there for a while, his family's been there for generations. He said that there were tunnels and caves that went under the water to the mainland. Yeah. And that these things would sometimes get out under the water onto the mainland and then get back onto the LPO. And that sounded interesting, but I just didn't pay a lot of attention to it until we saw these tunnels, and it's right next to the water. Yeah.
0: So. so as usual, you know, we're going through, we're finding all of this physical evidence, all of these strange things happening. Uh, we're finding all of this kind of things that... L- lend like validity to all these stories we've heard. It's just an different part of the LBL. So you have all of the supporting evidence to the stories that we've heard over the years and it's all kind of taking shape. So we go from this to, again, we go into the night investigation in the area. Where does it take a turn to? Ghostly and paranormal stuff.
1: Yeah, we start seeing lights going in at night. Um, And we're seeing like stationary lights in the woods. And then we're seeing lights moving through the woods. At one point I get out and I've got our psionics uh, night vision camera and I'm picking up the lights on the woods and they're just kind of drifting. I mean, they're just kind of drifting slowly Mm -hmm. through the wood line. Um, We get parked where we're going to like get ready to go into station 16 and.
0: Yeah. So uh, I see a, like a reflection up in the woods and it's. It's a cemetery. There's a cemetery up there. It's a. It looks to be like a children's cemetery. So, no
1: road, no path No road, up to no it.
0: path. We went straight up a hill through the woods to access it. So,
1: And there's little cemeteries dotted all throughout the OBL from when people lived there.
0: There's hundreds of cemeteries. And
1: yeah. it just seems like that they just left this cemetery on the top of a hill. I mean, there's a road, you know, 100 yeah. yards away from it, but there's no way to get up to it. We didn't know it was there during the daytime until we saw there's like a, like a historical marker type thing there that's like really old that we saw the reflection of that when we came there at night. Yeah. But, but all of this activity is occurring within 100 yards of, of a cemetery. cemetery. Yeah. So. so
0: again, that's another common thing through these stories and through what we're experiencing is there is a cemetery right there. And we didn't expect a cemetery to be there. We mm-hmm. thought it was just going to be this environmental monitoring station. Um, but again, it goes, it, the, you have the same set of circumstances over and over and over again. Cemeteries... Paranormal activity, dog man activity, and it's all strange lights, strange lights, missing
1: people. There's
0: but it's all just everything just keeps you just keep having the same kind of things. You got a pattern developing here.
1: And then the other part of the pattern was that we didn't have happen any other time of the trip was the equipment train. Uh, the equipment train yeah. um, to a point where we're big on redundancy um people are like why didn't you carry spare batteries you see me changing batteries out at one point we didn't include that we carry spare batteries for all of our lights spare lights yeah we carry everything um my camera
0: malfunctioned um which never happens like never happens but my camera malfunctioned um and then our our lights were just going down left and right headlamps went down
1: changing batteries and five minutes later those batteries are going out Um, we
0: were down to i think one flashlight at the end there and it was a small pocket like, light. Like
1: double-A pen light that yeah. we had. Um, and then your camera was hooked up to, we have an action camera that's hooked up to, um, it's like a 15,000 um, mega, like, uh, it's it's a very sizable battery bank we've got it hooked up to. I can't remember the actual capacity on it right now. But we've used that thing for... Days without recharging it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Just nonstop, just powering this little action cam. So luckily that had enough power, but even the camera was starting to, the screen was going in and out. Oh,
0: it completely just went and We just didn't know died. if we were
1: recording anything at that point. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was just to the point where we were, there's no natural light at all. There's no light at all period through there. Now we're in this area where we're finding these bones and there are these tunnels and all of our flashlights are dying. Yeah. So we had to we, we had to it. call it. We had to call yeah. it. There was no way to um there's we don't know the area well enough to stumble around in the dark. Um, no. we just we went ahead and called it and then used that one little light that we had left to get out, and then that was it.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Um but yeah, so that's I mean, this is what's happened. This is just our second expedition at the LBL and we had all of this happen. So we get done and you know, we've got a lot of theories we're working on. And a lot of thoughts on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I'm not ready to come to any kind of conclusions yet. Um, but there's just, the evidence is mounting. I don't know in what direction, but evidence is mounting. We keep seeing the same kind of things happen over but and over But what's
1: weird again. is the evidence isn't mounting in any one particular direction. Um, because after the first trip, we got the thing on thermal. Yeah, I know I saw that woman or whatever it was. We came back and we were just geared up for a physical cryptid hunt. Okay, this thing's physical. We're gonna put out some bait stations with the scent. It's gonna draw it in. Um, We're gonna. We had game cams up, and we know there's a lot of debate on whether these things can see infrared light or not. Yeah. Um, So we had those up. We also had some listed like some actual long duration audio recorders buried around close. So even if we couldn't get it on camera, we might at least hear it coming up. Yeah. Um, Or at least maybe get some prints. Once it's gone. But we were there just geared up for just a physical hunt. Yeah. And then we start getting all this other.
0: Paranormal stuff. activity. Because, yeah. I
1: mean, even the black shapes we saw, I don't think were.
0: They were physical, but they were they also. They were
1: physical, but they just disappeared and they didn't look. that yeah. They didn't look anything. They looked far more unnatural than you would even expect an upright. Yeah. Dog man. to, yeah. look, to yeah. These things just did not seem right. They just didn't seem right. Yeah. You know. Um, but again, just the the voices, the singing and what's weird is, is that almost any other expedition we have, hearing those voices and that singing and all that would have been the highlight. Yeah. It's almost like you forget about them. Yeah. It's almost an afterthought when you
0: look at the, the whole of the evidence that we, um, gathered during that entire expedition. Um, but yeah, it's, it, and we, we've had a couple of theories here about why, why did they build the LBL? Why did they, uh, you know. Why did they kick all these people off of this land?
1: To not use 99% of to it. To not use
0: 99% of it. They they ran so many people off of this land to take it over um, and to isolate it, really. The only way you can access it, from the south you can access it, um, but there's more population in the south. But in the north end, you can only access it by one bridge um, from the mainland. So it's very isolated. And did they create this place to trap something, to keep something under control? Isolate something.
1: And it's it's ran down. I mean, it's they do nothing really to maintain it nowadays. Um, you could say that it was just general government budget cuts, but yeah. they, it's almost as if there's a concerted effort to make this place as unappealing as possible. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Um. I made a comment a couple of times about this, that short of dynamiting the bridges leading over to it, Mm -hmm. they're doing everything they can to make you not want to come there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's just, it's weird. Like I said, it's, it's, we get contacted daily by people telling us, oh, this is what's going on and da-da. And I understand that, but, and we saw evidence of a lot of these theories, but then there's, there's no one theory that ties all of us together. No, no. I mean, nothing at all.
0: And I think Uh, I, I mentioned it in one of the videos that, you know, I just feel like we'll never know exactly what's going on there, that we're just scratching the surface. Um, I feel like we could go there a thousand times and we wouldn't have all the answers to all the questions. We just seem to have more questions every time we go.
1: And it's like the phenomena just messes with you. Yeah. I mean, we go there, we go there geared up for like a physical, like cryptid hunt. The weather hits us. You know what I'm saying? Um, we have to like leave out, regroup, come back in. Then we go out and we're, we're seeing these black figures and we're finding like abandoned clothes and abandoned tents and all yeah. of this stuff. And, and going into station 16, we weren't expecting the equipment drains. People are going, yeah. well, you should have checked it out. Yeah. We have like Geiger counters, EMF detectors, everything like that. We didn't have them with us right then because we weren't expecting To need them, yeah. In that case, we were expecting something physical, um, in this area, because some of the bones still had like tissue on them. Yeah, Yeah, something has been there recently. Yeah, but we weren't expecting like equipment trains, like we're like on a ghost show or something. I know. Yeah. So,
0: um, but so kind of just to wrap this up, um, I think that you know Mm -hmm. we've discussed this already. We're not done with the LBL by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. Um, I don't... We're definitely going back. So it looks like that there's going to be another LBL in the works for us. Uh, definitely another expedition coming up. And um, we're we're trying to plan out a little better this time. And it seems like you can't plan enough because every time we keep trying to plan, you just...
1: The, the evidence takes you in a different direction than you weren't expecting. Yeah. And you end up just winging it once you're there you know yeah know so. and the peninsula
0: seems like it's alive in a way um the lbl seems like it's its own entity that it's full of other entities and it's a very strange and magical place yeah it is and it's gorgeous
1: but it's dark it's very very dark. Very, very, dark. very dark it's very dark um the one area that we went to that the witness had reported seeing figures there we went there and we were like wow this place is like the most relaxing spot on lbl i don't feel anything here at all I think that was maybe misidentification. Maybe. Um, maybe, or maybe you go there like a week later and it's just the dreads palpable at that yeah. point. You know? Yeah, But I mean, it's, it's. we'll say it a couple of times, there's are certain areas there where you just go, this is a bad place. Yeah. This is just a bad just
0: place. Just evil. There's yeah, evil's a not, level of evil there for sure. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's, like I said again, it's where we live at, there's three or four national and state forests within... Hour drive from us right now that we yeah. can go to, um, some with varying you know, with varying degrees of like attendance with people going there. We're not going to go and find an abandoned tent here, abandoned clothes here, no, claw no. marks in the tree. You're just not going to find it. Um, no. We're not going to have our equipment drained here. I mean, in the LBL, it's like everything else we've ever experienced spread across the southeast, plus some all concentrated just, just in this all one place times ten. Yeah, you know, so yeah. Um, like I said, it's, it's definitely, it defies explanation. And I think that if anybody tries to explain it, they're just, they're trying to
0: shoot in the dark.
1: uh, I think they're, they're, they're uncomfortable with not knowing and they're trying to, it's a defense mechanism where they're trying to explain it to themselves. Yeah. Um, we've been there twice now. We were there for nine days the second time Mm -hmm. that just scratches the surface compared, especially compared to what other people have done. But, um, we were on the ground constantly looking.
0: Day in and day out.
1: And we have nothing but more answers than what we went there.
0: More questions. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. More <laughs>
1: questions. We have more questions than what we went there. <laughs> we have no answers, Yeah, <laughs> zero answers. Um, we think that there's something there. I think that these creatures, these dogmen, yeah, you want to call them, yeah. are there. Um,
0: and other things.
1: I don't think that the dogmen are here all of the time. Because, but that's just something that we're still working towards, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah.
0: Um, so do you have any other things that you wanted to add? No,
1: that's it. That's it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, yeah, like I said, I just, we wanted to go over all this with you guys and kind of discuss it and give you kind of the background of, you know, some behind the scenes of our thoughts and feelings on what occurred, um, a little peek into you know, kind of our process and kind of what we went mm-hmm. through while we were there on the ground. Um, If you guys have any questions or comments about our expeditions to the LBL or if you have any suggestions on things we can look into on our next expedition, which will be coming up uh, in the next few months, we will be returning on the ground in the LBL for an extended period of time and doing another investigation um, if you have any places you can suggest for us to go and investigate, if you're familiar mm-hmm. with the LBL, we would be more than happy to go check those out, um, and look into those. And it
1: doesn't have to be the LBL. Um, we're stationed in South Carolina.
0: Yeah. Well, and we do
1: all throughout the Southern Appalachians. So yeah. if you, our big thing is, is that I, we don't want to go investigate a spot that had activity 50 years ago. We want to yeah. go somewhere that has activity ongoing right now
0: yeah so Um, if you have any um if you have any suggestions you can always drop it in the comments or better yet you can always email us um hellbentholler at gmail.com and tell us your story tell us what um what you've experienced or if you've heard of anything going on if you want to connect us to somebody that you know has had an experience in the southern Appalachian region or the LBL we are more than happy to talk to you or anybody else Um, We just love collecting these stories, and we love investigating these stories. That's why we do it. Um, We are so happy to be a part of this. We're so happy that you guys really enjoy our videos. We really appreciate all of the likes, the shares, the comments, everything. It means the world to us. And thank you for joining us for our first episode of Dark Dive. Like I said, we are going to do these companion episodes where you get the behind the scenes about what happens on our expeditions, what we experience, what we feel, and everything like that. But we're also going to do episodes where we discuss subjects that are a part of the whole high strangeness, paranormal, cryptozoology field. And we'll kind of discuss our opinions and thoughts Mm -hmm. on those subjects and look forward to doing some live streams coming up. Uh, We want to kind of hang out with you guys and do Q&As as well. And it's just a, a fun, awesome way for us to all interact, spend our time together, and kind of hash out what are these really, really strange things that go bump in the night. Uh, again, my name is Jesse. This I'm, is Joe.
1: I'm Joe. I'm Joe. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: And uh, we are Hellbit Holler. Again, thank you so much. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe to everything that we do. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at hellbentjessie. I update over there all the time. And again, if you have anything you want to share with us, whether it be a story, a suggestion, anything like that, you can always email us at hellbentholler at gmail.com. And again, for Hellbent Holler, my name is Jesse. Thank you so much for listening and watching Dark Dive. You guys have a great evening and stay safe out there.